Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It is always an honor and a privilege to bring you the Word. Praise God. I'm so glad you're connecting with us, watching, listening, how it is you're uh, connected. We're just grateful you're, you're with us today. Praise God. Today, once again, we're going to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Praise God. We've kind of been working through a series talking about, you know, uh, steering clear of things that complicate the simplicity of, uh, that's in Christ. I, I don't even know if I've really got a series title for it yet, but we're just talking about, uh, you know, keeping things simple, uh, the basic things of, of, the, of the scriptures, the basic truths and principles, doctrines we maybe even could say, uh, things, just keeping it simple like it's meant to be, praise God. Don't overcomplicate things, let things get all jumbled up and waters all muddied up, that kind of thing. And so with our verse here today, verse 3 of chapter 11, it says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now, of course, we've been defining this. The word deceived here means to be seduced or seduced wholly or as a whole. All right. It means to be beguiled or to be attracted with bait. All right. Or manipulated. All right. Those are some of the synonyms of that. But attracted with bait, and that's kind of what, uh, how the enemy did that to Eve. And it says here, deceived Eve by his craftiness, which is really a key word. It just means trickery or a cunning subtility, which means deceptive reasoning or hair splitting. Because that's really what happened in the garden. Okay, uh, he kind of nitpicked, kind of took something and twisted it. And that's kind of really how the enemy works. The word says, don't be ignorant of his devices. And that really, bottom line, means head games, okay? And that's how the enemy plays. Uh, he comes in with these little subtle, deceptive, you know, this deceptive reasoning. He comes in just trying to get you a little bait and try to hook you with some bait uh, just by bringing something up. And sometimes it's just by hair splitting. Gets you off in a little tangent. And the next thing you know, you're going down the wrong road. And that's exactly what happened to Eve. She took it hook, line, and sinker. And, of course, we know the history after that. He goes on to say, so your mind. So, in other words, he's trying to say is that you also, see, could, uh, could be caught up in this. Okay, So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Now, the word mind here, I've kind of every week been talking about that. You know, we're not just talking about the intellect, okay, like uh, setting your mind or your intellect on things above. Okay, but it's more about a perception. More about a mindset, okay? So, uh, you know, keeping, uh, he says that your perception, your mind may be corrupted, which is another key word, which means everything from like being spoiled, defiled, ruined, tainted, or polluted. Those are probably some real key words there, tainted, polluted, blemished. But it refers to something that comes along in order to muddy the waters or complicate it, okay? That's kind of what it's talking about. So that your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ, that word simplicity, again, praise God, means singleness uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, not kind of focused. So it isn't like it's all over the map, but kind of stay single. So when we're talking about these principles of God, we're not going to, you know, don't let yourself get so pulled every direction. Stay, keep things simple, okay? Keep things simple. Keep it single, right? Sincerity in the sense of no pretending, no facade, and it also means liberality, in the sense of all in or all vested or all invested, however you want to word that. Uh, but that's what that's talking about. So when we're talking about the simplicity that's in Christ, it's just simple things. And that's what we've been talking about over the last several weeks, talking about how good God is, for instance. God's good. Just keep that simple. Don't sit in here and complicate that. God's good. Devil's bad. 
And you start looking at every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, uh, comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation nor shadow of turn, it says in James. And so that God's good. He's good all the time. Don't let the enemy come in there and somehow get you, uh, get that tainted or twisted somehow that you lose sight of that. God, there, nothing's impossible with God. Amen. All things are possible. Nothing's too hard for God. Don't let, don't let the enemy get you off that. Amen. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with, what we're looking at. See, there's no limits in God. All right? So keep that in mind. The promises of God, nothing we touched on. Amen. All of his promises are yes and amen. Don't, don't let the enemy twist that. Amen. If God has done this for one individual, he'll do that for you. All of his promises that are in this word are yes and amen. They're for you and me, praise God. We talked about moving toward God. Always, always have a, uh, you know, have a, make movement toward God in the sense of, you know, never run from Him. No matter what's going on, what's happening, whether we're talking about something of the past, a mistake, or we're talking about pressure of the future ahead. You know, a lot of times people have a tendency to back up. Always move toward God. He's always your source. Never lose sight of that. Amen. And then with that, we also talked about, you know, hearing and following. God, really, it's just simple instructions that God gives. It's never really complicated instructions. Now, it might be, in a sense, seem hard because it might be, it might be out of the normal, maybe something unusual, but it's never, it's never complicated. It's never, uh, you know, uh, beyond simplicity. It's, it's very usually almost always simple instructions. Take up your bed and walk. Move forward, stretch out your hand, uh, go wash uh, in the pool over here. You know, he always gave simple instructions. Rise up, you know. I mean, it's always simple instructions. And so with those instructions, there needs to be a follow-through. Amen. So whatever he's asking you to do, follow through. Simple things. Uh, uh, hear and obey is just simple, simple, basic instructions. Simple, amen, hear and obey. Amen. Always keep that in mind. Praise God. We talked about after that, talked about moving forward in the sense of uh, just putting one foot in front of the other. No matter what we're dealing with, and we might touch on that even a little bit today again, but uh, no matter what you're up against, what kind of pressure you're dealing with, always understand, just keep moving forward. Press through whatever it is that you're dealing with. Press through. Get to the other side. Amen. Uh, you know, one of the uh, years ago, I, I can't remember now which gentleman, one of the uh, uh, political leaders of uh, England, I think it was, that made a statement that said, when you're going through hell, just keep going. You know, never, don't just stop and camp, okay? Don't just, because the pressure's on, don't just stop. Keep moving. Get through it. Amen. And that's such a key press toward the mark for the prize. Amen. Keep Going forward, amen. Then we talked about setting our minds, the importance of that. Of course, a lot of these dovetail, but, uh, you know, set your mind on things above. Always guard where you put your mind. Always guard, uh, you know, what you give your attention to. And then last week, we talked about guard where uh, the associations you have, which is kind of a part two of that in a sense, because, again, it's about, you know, who you allow to steal your attention, what you allow to steal your attention, amen. Put your attention on God or toward God or the things of God, amen, the people of God. Keep your attention on the things above, praise God. And when you do that, it always, it just works better, praise God, amen. And that's what we talked about last week. This week, I'm going to talk about faith, okay? Uh, talk about really the simplicity of, of faith and what faith is. And with that said, you know, Mark 11 is a text I'm going to uh, start with. It just says, and Jesus replied to them and said, have faith in God. This is Mark 11:22. And he said, have faith in God. Kind of a simple thing, 
uh, you know, have faith in God. Now, of course, there's a whole scenario playing out there, but he, you know, they ask a question or two, and he, he just says, have faith in God. You know, it, sometimes you don't have to know all the answers. Sometimes you don't have to figure everything out. Sometimes it's just a matter of just, I'm going to put my faith in God. So what does that really mean? So the word faith itself means a belief, a belief in uh, a persuasion or conviction, all this kind of fits in. These are all the synonyms of that. It means a reliance upon, a dependence upon, uh, to be assured of, trust in, confidence in, which might be a key word here today. Uh, but the bottom line is, it's just talking about putting all your confidence, reliance, and your dependence upon Him. Amen. Trust in God. The message translation of this verse just says, embrace the God life. I like that. Embrace the God life. Amen. Really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. Amen. So embrace this God life. Amen. And I'm going to talk about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, live uh, by faith today and what it means to live by faith, what it means to have faith in God. Amen. Just the simple basics of it. We're not going to talk about all the, uh, you know, necessarily all the dynamics of it or all of the uh, components of it per se, uh, but basically just the, the basic thing about what faith is. Amen. It's about having confidence in God, trust in God a reliance upon God. Amen. And he's your answer. He's your source. And again, it's just another one of those messages that kind of dovetails with this, everything else we've talked about in this series. Uh, but today what I'm, I'm going to do here, we're going to go to the book of Hebrews. I'll probably spend most of our time today in Hebrews. So Hebrews, please, chapter 10. Let's do that. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10. And again, talking about faith or living by faith, praise God. Hebrews 10, and uh, just some basics I'm going to talk about. Uh, uh, years ago, I think I even did kind of a uh, series on faith, and I call it just Faith 101, you know, Faith Basics, you know. And, and uh, sometimes it's, it's just, if you, sometimes you just understand the basics of it, you know. It, the rest of it kind of makes sense. All the, all the uh, dynamics of it begin to kind of fit in. And, and there's a lot to, you know, you can bring in and plug in here and there, obviously. A lot of insight uh, when it comes time to faith because the Word has a lot to talk about it. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about just the basics, you know, like, for instance, the Scripture talk about in Romans uh, 3, it brings out, talks about the law of faith. Okay, the law of faith, okay. And that word law there is talking about the principle of faith. And it's kind of referred to like you would say the law of gravity, for instance. Okay, the law of gravity. Now, whether you believe in gravity or not, it's still a principle that's it's in operation. Whether you like it or not, it's still a principle that's in operation. Okay, it's just basic, it's simple. Somebody says, well, I don't believe in, in, in uh, gravity. Well, you know, you're going to jump off that roof, you'll find out in a nanosecond that uh, gravity still works. It's still there, okay? Whether you believe in it or like it or not, it's still there. See, the law of faith is real simple, real basic too, all right? It's there, whether you believe in it or not, whether you like it or not. And, and the law of faith is basically about if you believe it, you receive it. And if you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. That is the law of faith. If you believe it, you receive it. If you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. And that's kind of how this works. And that's the basic, simple truth about the law of faith. Amen. It's that simple. All right. So we need to understand why that is and how that works, right? So Hebrews chapter 10, please. And we're going to verse 36. And it says, For I have need of endurance... 
so that after, uh, pardon me, you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now, the reason I read that verse is because you come into the next verse, verse 37 here, and he says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. In fact, actually, uh, the word he who is uh, in verse 37 there is actually that which is, okay? <clears throat> so what he's talking about in context uh, is the promise that's mentioned in verse 36. So, you know, you're sitting here pressing in for a promise, and he says, listen, it won't tarry. It's going to happen, all right? So then he goes on, but now, verse 38, now, okay, it's always now. You're going to find out faith is always in the now. Now, amen, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe, or in other words, have faith to the saving of the soul, mind, will, emotions. That's what it's talking about there. But verse 38 again, now the just shall live by faith. Now, the first basic principle we're going to find out about this is faith is mandatory, okay? It's required. The just shall live by faith. That's how we live. That's just bottom line. This is how we live. <clears throat> if we don't grab hold of that, then we miss out on so much because it's just how we live. It's how we conduct life, okay? The word here, uh, uh, just, the just shall live by faith, is talking about you and me. It's, it actually is the same Greek word that gets used for the word righteous or righteousness, so the word righteous, righteousness, just, justified, justification, they all come from that same word, and that's talking about you, based on what Christ has done. You're the just, or the righteous, or you're justified because of what Christ did. Not because of what you did, but because of what he did. All you did was accept what he did. And so he's saying here, if you've accepted Christ, that's all it's saying here, if you've accepted Christ, then you're the just. So the just, that's you and me, shall live by faith. This word live here is the word, um, 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 let me get it to you, zeo. Okay, sometimes you see the word life, it's zoe, which means absolute life or the life of God. But this is zeo, okay, which refers to just everyday living, walking your day out, uh, fulfilling a day, uh, putting one foot in front of the other, conducting life like you would normally day in, day out. That's what it's talking about. So we live or we conduct our life uh, by faith, okay? Again, by our reliance on God, our dependence in God. We have faith in God. That's what we do. We live, we conduct life every day by faith. That's how this works, praise God. And it's, this is just a way of living, praise God. And you have to accept that. Some people say, well, you know, I'm not a part of that faith group. Well, then what are you a part of, a doubt group? I mean, I mean, really, when you stop and you think about it, it's not about some, uh, some sect of people, some group of people. Now, there might be some people that maybe focus more on faith than others, but, but the bottom line is it's, it's what the Word says. It's what He says, okay? There's multiple references, okay, in this, you know. And, but it says the same thing, the just live by faith. That's how we do it. And so you have to say, you know what? Just simply, I live by faith. I put my confidence in God. I put my assurance in God, my trust in God, my confidence in God. That's what I do. I live by faith. Amen. And you just settle that. Amen. It ain't about trying to complicate it with all the other. Just settle it. I have faith in God. I will trust in God. Now, we're not just talking about faith in the fact that there is a God, which you need that too, obviously. But it's talking about I believe God. So not only in Him, but also I believe Him. So when He talks... I put faith in that. In fact, we're gonna, as we're going to see here, I mean, so many things, are, even our patriarchs of faith that, that went and did great things, when it really came down to it, that's all it was. They had faith not only in God, but they had faith 
about what God said. They had faith to believe, amen, God. No matter what he did or how he led or what he said, they put faith in that. They put confidence in that. Amen. So that's what we're talking about. Amen. So faith, praise God, is a way of living. It's, faith is mandatory. It's required, praise God. The just shall live by faith. Now, just a quick reference. Luke 18 brings a uh, verse 8 there. Jesus himself said, you know, when the Son of Man returns, and he will, come on, when the Son of Man returns, will he find people of faith? That's what he says. That's what Jesus asked. When I return, am I going to see people living by faith? Am I going to find a people who have faith in God? Well, I'm going to say yes, right? Because you're, you, me, right, we're going to have faith in God. Because that's what we do. We're faith people, praise God. Amen. We live by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So when he returns, amen, if he happens to return while we're still here, amen, if the Lord, you know, or whatever, praise God, I'm going out of here, praise God. If the Lord tarries, I'm going out of here being a faith person. I'm going to believe God, trust God, have confidence in God, rely on God, depend on God. Hallelujah. Be a person of faith, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. That's what I choose, and I believe that's what you choose. Amen. So faith is mandatory. If you kind of back up here in chapter 6 of Hebrews, Hebrews 6 and uh, like I said, I'm just taking some few uh, references here and there. Hebrews 6, and I'm going to go to verse 11 and 12. And it just says this, and we desire, this is verse 11, Hebrews 6, 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now, the bottom line, to the end, so it's, this, we choose to be this way all the way, all the way through. We're not just going to walk in faith a little bit here and then forget about it later. See, uh, remember, and you you know, if you've listened to me any, any amount of time, you've probably heard me say this a dozen times. It's not about how well you started. Okay, although we're grateful for the great start maybe many of you had and the great testimonies you got. But it's not about the start. It's about how you finish. That's really what's key. Okay, so, you know, we're going to finish in faith. We're going to finish by faith, praise God. We're going we're gonna to live by faith to the end, right, until the end. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, all right? Now, through faith and patience. But it says some things here. Do not become sluggish, all right? That word sluggish, you, you may have a cross-reference that says lazy, but it really refers to one avoiding pain. In other words, when the pressure's on, you're not backing up, okay? So do not become sluggish. Don't be one that, that pulls back just because the pressure's on, just because you've got an obstacle to deal with, Okay? Which is kind of, you know, again, that's what, you know, in that last reference, he says, you know, we don't draw back. We're not pulling back. We're pushing forward. All right. That's what faith really does. It keeps pushing forward. All right. Of course, I've said a lot about that in the last week or two. But the bottom line is, okay, <clears throat> that's exactly how this works. You're not backing up. You're not drawing back, pulling back, looking back. Amen. We keep moving forward. Amen. So if the pressure's on, and believe me, it'll come. All right, I'm not trying to speak some evil over you. I'm just saying there's all kinds of things go on, and you've got to understand you have an enemy, all right? And, and uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, there's a little pressure that happens. You know, you just make a decision you're going to stand for God, I guarantee you. Uh, the Word said he's coming for the Word's sake. He's going to pressure you. The enemy's going to pressure you, try to somehow knock you off your faith. Well, you have to settle it. I'm not backing up. I'm not quitting. I'm going to the end, praise God. And then it says you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, you imitate those. Well, who? Well, we're going to find out here in a minute. A lot of them are talking about your patriarchs of faith. 
A lot of those, praise God, that have gone before you, about things that they did. And that word there to, uh, to imitate, it's, it's the Greek word mimic, where we get our word mimic, okay? And so you mimic or imitate those who through their faith and their patience, through their confidence and reliance and dependence upon God and patience, that word just means consistency or being constant. Amen. In fact, one of the references, I think it's a message translation, says he calls it committed faith. There. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith. Okay? Committed faith. Faith that stays with it. So we're talking about through faith and patience. That's what he's bringing out. You stay consistent with it. Okay? Okay? You use your faith here, but you want to be using your faith tomorrow and the next day and the next day. You stay with it. You don't, you're not up and down with this. Okay? Remember, the law of faith is if you believe it, you receive it. If you don't, you won't. If you doubt it, all right, you do without it. And see, and we have multiple references on that through the scriptures, okay? And a lot of times people aren't receiving things because they're up and down. They're in and out. They're not staying consistent with it, praise God. Uh, so the, when I'm talking about here the basic simple principle of faith, I mean, just understand we, we have faith in God and we always have faith in God. In fact, that uh, reference out of... Uh, Mark 11, uh, you know, when you look at it in the Amplified, it brings out, it says, we have, it says, have faith in God constantly. <laughs> I like that. Constantly. Amen. I have faith to, in God today. I'm going to have faith in God tomorrow. I'm going to have faith in God the next day. Amen. I'm putting my trust in God, my confidence in God every day. Praise God. So through their faith and patience, they inherit promises. Praise God. Amen. Now, we see here, because of faith, <clears throat> not only is uh, mandatory, but here we see it as essential. Okay, I just thought that's the way I'd look at it. Faith is essential. It's needful. Okay, we see through your faith, you're inheriting promises here. Okay, things that God spoke, things that God promised to you, uh, an expressed assurance on which, your, on which your expectation is to be based. That's what promise is defined as. So you're putting your faith, amen, in the fact of something he said, and you're believing for it. Amen. So promises come. The word also is very clear. It's how you overcome the world. First John brings out. It's how you gain your victory. Amen. The word says it's how you please God. Uh, Hebrews 11 brings out. Amen. It's how we stand. Uh, you know, our faith stand, a stand in the midst of pressure. Second Corinthians 1 brings out. Amen. Faith and how we walk. Second Corinthians 5 brings out. It's how we walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. Right? It's how we run our race. In fact, we're going to go to that reference next. That's Hebrews 12, please. Hebrews 12. And verse, oh, let's go ahead and read verse 1 and 2 here. All right. Hope you're getting something here. Praise God. I know a lot being said here in a short time, but hopefully you're hearing it. <clears throat> Hebrews 1, please, or 12, verse 1. There we are. It just says this, praise God. Verse 1, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, of course, these witnesses here, are talking about the patriarchs of faith in chapter 11, okay? There's a whole bunch of them listed here, all right? You got your Abraham, your Moses, okay, Joshua, okay, David, okay, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, okay, all of them that are mentioned here, all right? And so, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, okay, and everything that burdens you, weighs you down, and the sin or offenses which so easily ensnares us, and let us run, with endurance, the race that is set before us. Okay, I wanted to read that because you have a race to run. But he's not requiring you to run that race without some faith in him. Okay, not looking for you to do all this in your own strength. Okay, but then he goes on how you do that then. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Looking unto Jesus, so the author 
and the finisher of your faith, the originator and the perfecter, that means. So he's the originator of this faith we're talking about, and he's the perfecter of it. Now, not only is faith mandatory, not only is faith essential, but faith is also obtainable. And that's what I want to bring out in this point, okay? Faith is obtainable. So not only is uh, you know, he the originator, but he's the perfecter. He's the one that will help perfect that faith. You can obtain this. You can walk in this. You may think, well, I don't have a lot of it right now. Well, you might be surprised at what you got, all right? It doesn't take a lot of faith to get something done. It doesn't take a lot of faith to move a mountain, so to speak, okay? And Scripture says all right, so the bottom line is you might have faith in one area, but maybe lack it in another area. But it's obtainable. That's the thing we're trying to bring out. In fact, one of the references on that is Romans 10 and 17. Amen. It just says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the first thing is, you know, you've got to keep hearing it. If you want to believe right, you're going to have to hear the right things. So you're going to have to hear this word. Amen. You're going to have to hear it being taught. Amen. Things like you're doing right now, you're listening or watching, depending on how you're connecting with us. Praise God. But there's the word of God being taught to you. And the more you hear it, the more faith comes. Right. So he's the originator, perfecter of this faith. But it comes by hearing it. You got to hear it. Praise God. How are you going to hear without a preacher? It even says. Amen. But the bottom line is, amen, as you hear the words of God, amen, you hear his thoughts, you begin to take on his thoughts. Pretty soon faith comes. Amen. By hearing and hearing by the word of God, it says in Romans 10, 17. It means giving audience to the information and the instruction that's been given. Now, another thing to understand about how faith is obtainable, faith is like a muscle. And faith is obtain, obtainable by, by developing it, okay? In fact, a reference on that, we probably don't have time to go there, but a reference on that uh, is out of 2 Thessalonians and 1 and verse 3. And it says, and they're talking about how faith grows exceedingly faith can grow exceedingly and what that means uh, that that reference or what that means in the greek means to increase above ordinary degree which means faith grows and develops is what it's referring to okay well how does that happen well you got to exercise it you got to use it you start believing every day that's what you do you believe god amongst everything no matter what you're dealing with and maybe today you might say well it's it's hard for me to believe god for this but but I can believe God for that. Well, then that's where you go. You, you keep believing God, and little by little, it grows and develops like a muscle. See, muscle ain't going to grow unless you develop it, unless you work it, all right? So you got to do the same thing with faith. And the more you work that, the more you're going to receive. And we could say right receiving comes from, you know, right training, you know, right development, all right? So, you know, uh, you know right, uh, what's uh, maybe the best way to say it is right believing comes from right hearing, and right receiving comes from right training. Maybe that kind of a statement. We'll throw that out, see if that works for you, all right? But the bottom line is you're not only going to hear the word, but you've got to develop that. You've got to be willing to walk that out, praise God. And if you do that, praise God, you begin to obtain faith. The scriptures, again, don't have time to go through all these, but it talks about different levels or degrees of faith. It talks about little faith. It talks about weak faith. It talks about strong faith, great faith talks about even dead faith out of James. It talks about uh, even having no faith. Jesus one time addressed some people and said, you have, there is no faith here, okay? Now, nobody wants to have that said about him, amen. But, but the bottom line is he talks about, see, the Scripture talks about being at different degrees or different levels in your faith, okay? Well, how does that work? How do you obtain more to grow in that? you got to keep hearing it, 
And you got to keep training it. You got to keep developing it, praise God. Keep exercising it, praise the Lord. Amen. And more of that will make sense when we get into this, praise God. So, praise God. Faith is mandatory, faith is essential. Faith is obtainable, but it's also, amen, faith is limitless, praise God. Hang on to this. So Hebrews 11, let's back up a chapter. In verse 1, it says this, now faith is. You ever notice that? Faith is always in the now. I said that earlier. Amen. Faith is always in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. Or anticipated, okay? In other words, it gives substance, amen, to things you expect, okay? Right now, you may not be seeing it. Right now, it may not have this kind of substance, but your faith has a substance all of its own. And as you begin to exercise that and use that, it begins to turn the unseen into the seen to where now it's made of physical matter. Hang on to that because that's what he's saying here. He said, listen, there's no limits here. What is it you can believe for? Okay, what is it you can press in for? In fact, you know, uh, Ephesians 3 brings out, he says, you know, God, is, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. In other words, what's, at, what's, what's working in you? What can you believe for? All right? So it's limitless, but you've got you to exercise that and believe for that, praise God. So he's bringing out here, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it gives proof of even those things that right now at the moment you may not see, but if you keep exercising it, amen, you walk by faith and not by your sight, by natural sight, pretty soon that begins to come into into fruition, and all of a sudden now it begins to give substance to that thing that was unseen but is now no longer unseen. So maybe at one time you didn't have it, but now you have it because, amen, you exercise and used your faith, praise God. Amen. Faith is limitless, praise God. Uh, Matthew 9, in verse 29, Jesus said this, According to your faith, so, or, or pardon me, according to your faith, let it be to you. One translation said, become what you believe. Amen. Which is another, I think that kind of a cool translation there. But according to your faith, let it be to you, is what he said. So they came to him wanting, wanting a miracle. Amen. And I believe at the, at the, in, in context, I believe it was somebody believing God for sight. And so they say, he says, what do you want? Well, I want my sight. Well, I said, according to your faith then. Okay, so what is it you want? Well, this is what I want. Okay, well, now if you can believe for it, you can have it. Right? Another reference on that would be like uh, Mark 9, uh, verse 23, when Jesus talking to the father whose boy was uh, having seizures. And he says, if you can believe, all things are possible. To him who believes. Now, at the time, you know, the father came and says, listen, if you can do something, if you can do anything, heal my boy. Well, you know, what Jesus did is basically said, it's not about how much faith I have. It's about how much faith you got. It's not really about what I'm believing. It's about what you're believing. And he put it back in the father's lap and he said, listen, if you can believe for this, you can have it. But you're going to have to believe for it. You're going to have to put your confidence and trust in God that it can be done. Don't be moved by all the pressure of what happened yesterday or earlier or last week or last month. Don't be, uh, you know, bothered by the pressure of, you know, how's this all going to happen. Sometimes you don't need to know all that. Sometimes all you need to know is I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to have faith in God. I'm putting my confidence in God. Amen. And if I will do that, if I will believe, amen, all things are possible to him who believes. Faith is limitless, praise God. Hallelujah. Also, 
Faith is evident. This might be, uh, let's go to, uh, we're still in Hebrews 11. Let's look at verse 2 now. So for by it or by faith, and hang on, by faith the elders obtained a good testimony. So then it goes on now, lists all those uh, patriarchs of faith, all those elders, so to speak, our faith elders, amen, faith hall of fame uh, individuals. I don't know how you want to word it, but the bottom line is he says that they all lived uh, by faith, right? And they obtained, it said they did it by obtaining a good testimony. Now, I thought this was worthy because when we're talking about the simplicity of faith, one of those things is this word here when it says obtain a good testimony just means literally provides evidence. So they they did some things that provided evidence of the fact that they were walking by faith, that they were believing God, having faith in God. Okay, they did things. That's what it does all through this chapter now. It lists all the patriarchs of faith and what they did to receive what they believed for. And there's three major things that you'll find uh, concerning, uh, you know, in, as far as having evidence. Okay, remember, faith is evident. It has evidence. It provides some form of evidence. If there's faith operating in you, there's going to be at least one of three things. It's going to be, and hopefully all three, but at least one of three things should be in operation. Okay, here they are. One is a uh, confession. One is corresponding action. And the other one is uh, confident demeanor. In other words, having confidence. Okay, and you're going to see that. You're going to see one of, one of those three things, and preferably all three. If you have all three in operation, I guarantee you you're going to get whatever you're believing for. So the first one, in fact, let's do this. Let's go, we'll close with this. We'll go to Romans 4, Romans 4, and we will close with this reference. Talk a little bit about Abraham before I let you go here. And uh, kind of see these three things kind of in operation. And uh, in context, okay, I'm going to kind of jump in the middle here a little bit, or I'd have to back way up here, but uh, verse 17 is where we're going to start, Romans 4 and 17. And it's talking about Abraham. Um, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. That's what God said, spoke about Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, at this time, he hadn't had any kids yet. In fact, here he is, you know, about 100 years old, and his wife is about 90 years old, and he hadn't had any kids. They hadn't had no, she was barren. No kids. And now he's telling them, you're going to be a father of a great multitude. You're going to, have, you're going to be a father of many nations, which came to pass. Okay, But it first started with him, God speaking something over him, but he had to believe that, right? And it said, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead. In other words, he calls life into even a, a, a dead situation or a lifeless situation. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. In other words, that's what we're talking about, that unseen now being made seen through faith. So he's talking about, I'm calling things that don't exist as though they do. So he spoke something over Abraham and says, you're going to be the father of many nations. Another place says, you're the father of a great multitude. In fact, he called his name Abraham. It used to be Abram. But he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, which means a father of a great multitude. Now, the reason I say that's worthy of that, because verse 18 now says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. In other words, it didn't look like anything changed in the natural. But he said, I'm going to put my expectation in God. I'm going to put my faith in God so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, there was a lot of things that happened with Abraham that God got this all working in him. 
But he said, you know, one time at night, he said, look up. What do you see? Well, I see stars. I count them. Well, I, I can't count all. Okay. What do you see on the ground? Well, I see sand. He said, count it. He said, oh, I can't count it. He's trying to make a point. So shall your seed be. He's saying, listen, I'm telling you right now that through you, through your loins, I'm going to make nations. All right. And that's why I'm naming you Abraham. And so from every place he went from there on out, Somebody would ask him who his name is or what his name is. Everybody would say, he'd have to say this, I'm Abraham. I'm the father of a great multitude. That's what he said. Every time he said his word or his name, Abraham, it meant father of a great multitude. In other words, he had to get his mouth engaged. Okay, it takes a, it takes a confession. Okay, in fact, the scriptures are clear. Through your heart you believe, but with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, whatever it is you're wanting and needing, whatever it is, your mouth's got to be involved. It's got to work for you, not against you. Okay? First Timothy brings out there's, a, there's the fight of faith. And he says part of that fight of faith is confessing a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, that word confession is the Greek word homoslogia, which means same word. Okay? If you look it up in a concordance, it's going to say a covenant acknowledgement. In other words, you speak your covenant. You speak what he says. Same word. Talk what God says. And that's what Abraham had to do. Every time he went, he now is called Abraham. It's no longer Abram. It's Abraham because I am now the father of a great multitude. Well, you can bet that in the beginning it seemed a little bit odd, okay, when here he is, 100 years old, no kids, his wife's 90, never had a child, and yet we're going around telling everybody that we're, we're going to have, we're going to be the, uh, you know, the father of, of nations, father of a great multitude. Okay, you can imagine at first, okay, see, again, there's nothing complicated about that. Now, it might be awkward, and it might be a little out of the usual, but it's still simple. And faith just says, you know, God said it, so be it. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what God said. In fact, every time the enemy pressed in on Jesus, he would always say, it is written. Okay, so he would speak the word. He'd talk his covenant, praise God. I hope you're hearing me today. Praise God. Hallelujah. The scripture also brings out, if you went a little bit further in that Mark 11 uh, reference that we used earlier, uh, it talks about speaking unto your mountain, telling your mountain to be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. Well, he's talking about that thing that, that, that towers over you, that thing that becomes a major issue in your life. He says, how do you deal with that? Well, first off, you've got to get your mouth engaged. So confession is a key. You've got to speak the right things. So if we're going to say you're going to walk by faith, you can't be talking doubt and unbelief and say you're walking by faith. You're not. See, the sim simple thing is this. Uh, it's just how it works. You talk the right words. Say what he said to say. Say what he says. If you're doing that, that's a part of engaging your faith. That's part of exercising your faith, praise God, is get your mouth involved. Amen. It goes on in this reference in verse 19 of Romans 4. And, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body, already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now, what we see here is a corresponding action. In fact, uh, uh, James chapter 2 brings out real clear, amen, that faith without works is dead. Now, the word works just means a corresponding action. There needs to be some kind of corresponding action. So not only is he talking the right thing, but he's acting. He's walking it out. Amen. Everything they began to do then, well, at first it took Sarah a while to get it, but Abraham got a hold of it. And, of course, there's a whole story of what began to happen in him. 
Uh, but then as uh, soon as Sarah got a hold of it, all of a sudden, next thing you know, we got a baby on the way. Amen. But the bottom line is you got to begin to exercise. you got to walk it. There's got to be something that people see, not only here through your words, but also see through your actions. All right? And so what is it? If you really believe, then find out in yourself. Am I talking the right thing? Am I acting it out? Is it, is it evident? If somebody looked at me and say, you know, if somebody looked at you and said, are you believing God? Could they see that in your life? Could they see your actions portray that you do believe God? Because that needs to be something that happens. There needs to be some kind of corresponding action. All right. And the last thing it will see, if you get in verse 21, it says, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. See, he became fully convinced or fully persuaded. Okay. All right. He became anchored. Right? He didn't waver. So we're talking about a confident demeanor, a confidence in God, not only through a confession, not only through our corresponding action, but they should be able to see just some confidence in you, that you actually believe what you say you believe. Amen. They're hearing it, they're seeing it, and they can sense it on you that you're not wavering, you're not backing up, you're not quitting, praise God. You're staying with it, praise the Lord. You're staying confident. The word says that the uh, confident, in, in, uh, in fact, 1 John, it says that, that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. We're being confident. God said it. Bless God. We're believing it. The word says don't cast off your confidence, which has great reward, it says in, in uh, Hebrews 10. Amen. Stay confident, praise God. And you need to understand, okay, uh, you, can't, you can't be up and down. You can't say you're confident and then the next day talk something different, okay, or act something different, or all of a sudden be fearful, all right? You've got to take authority over that, all right? Now, a lot said in a short time, but understand that not only is faith uh, mandatory, not only is it essential, not only is it obtainable, not only is it limitless, amen, but it should also be evident, praise God. Amen. They're just little things. And understand this, nobody's in the same place, you know, with their faith. But all of us can at least grow. All of us can at least develop it. All of us can at least increase. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep hearing it. Keep exercising it. Amen. Keep it. the words coming out your mouth. Keep your actions in line. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay confident. Stay assured. Praise God that what God had promised, he's also able to do. Praise God. I hope you got something today, child of God. Praise the Lord. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for this people that are hearing and watching today. I thank you, Lord. He had an ear to hear it, a heart to receive it. And Lord, again, opening the eyes of their understanding, I give you the praise and you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.